Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Love and obedience are perfectly linked together. I can't say I love you and then absolutely to God don't obey his commandment. It doesn't ever work. Jesus might have rephrased this verse to the Orthodox Jews by saying this, if you love me then prove it by obeying my commandments. Don't just repeat the Shema twice daily. Don't just rub the mezuzah as you leave your house. Don't just put the phylactery on your head every morning and say those words, but actually obey the word. You cannot love God without obeying Him, and you cannot obey God to the extent He wants without loving Him. The two go hand in hand. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners that in order to properly love the Lord, you must also obey His commandments. It can be easy to think that God has so many rules for us to follow, how could we possibly do it with a loving heart? We must remember God has always promised that ultimate joy and satisfaction is found in Him. As you draw closer to the Lord and fall in love with Him more, do not neglect obedience, which is a sign of your love towards Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Love, It's Not Easy. Instead of being light, instead of being salt, instead of bringing people to God, they actually pushed people away from God. Endless, useless debate. Now, we don't see that in the church today, do we? You remember I mentioned ties? How many remember the day when, well, you better have one on before you came into church? Yes. I have one back in the case, just in case somebody's here. No, I don't. I ain't wearing one today. Sorry. Now, I'm not making fun of people that do that. That's perfectly fine. But see, it isn't about that. And we've taken something that's supposed to be simple and complicated. Well, is there any way Jesus can make this complicated mess simple? Let's look. Verse 37. When asked this question, which one is the most important, Jesus said this. Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So Jesus goes back to Deuteronomy, and we find something called the Shema. It simply means here. This statement that you see, Deuteronomy 6.4, you can look up. It goes for the next four or five verses. Hear, O Israel... The Lord our God, the Lord is one. The faithful Jewish people would recite that twice a day. 
Now, why would they recite it? What they were saying is, just look at the statement for a moment. When you look at it, how many gods are there? How would you know that? He says, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, it's, he's a personal God, the Lord is, there's one. Well, why did God want them to repeat that? Because they were in a, a world where there was many gods. You hear the very same thing today. All roads lead to God. No, there's only one God. And you'll see in the New Testament, there's only one way to get there. So when asked from Jesus, out of all of these commandments, 613, really 10 in the, in the original, which one's the most important? Jesus simply says, all the commandments, are, are, they just flow all the way down to one. The one means you're to love God. The one true living God. Here's how you can write it. Vieira, here's how you can write it. Jesus simplifies the greatest commandment into two words. Love God. Love God. Now, let me give you a little quiz. Which would you rather try to pursue? 613 or one? How many go for the one? Can, can I see your hand? Well, sure you would. Couple, you go for the 613. I see your hand out there. You need medical care. (laughs) There's no way we could ever keep 613. So the two words are, just say it with me, love God. Here we go. Love God. Well, that should bring another question to your mind. What does love mean? You see, in our language, we just have one word for love. In the original language, the Greek language, there was three and usually even four words that all meant love. What did Jesus mean by the word love God? When someone says, I love the Gators, relax, relax, I love the Seminoles, is that the type of love Jesus is talking about? Is it? No, it isn't. How about this? When you say, I love my spouse, my kids, my dog, is that the kind of love Jesus is talking about? No, it's getting closer, but it isn't. You see, none of these are the type of love, the word that Jesus used. The word he used, we don't use it very often. It's called agape love. Here's the definition of it. Write it down because this clarifies how you and I are supposed to function selfless, others-centered love. In other words, it's God's love. Others-centered. Others-centered. Now, God's love is much more than an emotion or a feeling. It's a committed love in action. We know from Mark chapter 4 that some people, when they come to Christ, come to an altar, watch a Billy Graham crusade, something, they come to Christ, and they accept the Lord. There's joy, there's excitement. So when I speak about God's love, it's a committed type of love. Emotion is very important. I'm an emotional person. But emotion isn't enough. Now, Jesus just doesn't leave it with 
this kind of selfless love. He actually says, here's some definition. Here's how to expand it. And he says, we're to love God with our heart and our soul in our mind. The Old Testament and Mark add our strength. What does that mean? Let's go through these really quickly and show you that it's much more than emotion. When I love God, and by the way, I can't love him unless he helps me, and he does. First of all, I have to love him with my heart. Your heart. This isn't the pumping deal here. This isn't the thing that flows blood through our arteries. Our heart is the control center of who you are. It's where we make the decisions of life. It's where we decide for or against God. The heart is where our commitment to God takes root. That's where it grows. And when we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, it's, it's a process of as if I was a magnet and I'm drawn right to God. That keeps me on center. My heart is set on him. The Bible speaks very much about heart. Out of our heart come the, it, well, it's the wellspring of life. Everything is in that heart. That's the decision center. But there is emotion involved. We see soul. I'm to love God with all my soul. Our will and our emotion. You see, when you love God, there should be some passion about it. This means we would be excited about our relationship with God versus being, well, like nonchalant, apathetic. There is emotion when we serve God, but emotion is not enough. That's why some of you raised in a church that was all emotion. It never lasted. You were always at the altar because there was never really any commitment. Third, our mind. This is the opposite. In the space center, there's a danger. You see, we're going to decide everything by our intellect. Many people say if you come to Christ, you have to blow your brains out. No, let me just make this statement very clear to you. Christianity makes sense. In fact, the Bible says the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. So loving doesn't stop with emotion. Jesus says don't bypass your mind. You see, the mind is the place that needs to be renewed. In fact, the Bible tells me as I'm in the word of God, I begin to think like God. So I have to love him with my heart and my soul and my mind. Now be careful You can't limit the love of God in your mind and there not be any emotion. We have churches kind of like that. It's all in the mind. It's intellectual. But nothing ever comes from the heart. That's a danger. Be careful. You have to mix the truth of the Word of God with faith. With faith. And last, there's this word strength. It means our physical capabilities. Service to God. Now, the Jews knew this was the great commandment. They really knew the Shema was it. The little Shema would be written out in longhand and rolled up and put within that little Shema. It's just, it's attaches to doors. And you would see that when we go to Israel, when you walk out of the hotel room, basically every hotel room has a little mezuzah. And what you do is you... Put your hands on it. And when you put your hands on it, inside it said what? 
there is how many gods? One. It's a Shema. It says there's one God. It will remind you that there's one God. Now, there's nothing wrong with both of these. Nothing wrong with them at all, except if they become a ritual. You see, if you put the box on and you, you rub the, she, the, the little box like, well, this mezuzah is going to bring me good luck for the day. Could, could we in Christianity have rituals? So the Jewish people, well, they knew the answer to this. They understood it. Look back in verse 37. And when you see the word all in Vieira and here and watching by the internet, when you see the word all, I want you to say it out loud with me. Look at verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Did you get the idea? You see, when Jesus saved us, I'm so glad he just didn't save the left side of me. I'm glad he just didn't save my leg. When God came into my life, he saved how much of me? All of me. Are you glad for that this morning? How do I know that, Pastor Mike? I don't see that in the Bible anywhere. Oh, yes, you do. Old things are passed away. All things became new. So when God came into us, he just took us from top to bottom, and he just cleansed us. In all my sins are cast as far as the east is from the west. That's important. Well, how do I serve God? Let me read you this, but write this definition first. What was Jesus saying? A person's total being must be involved in loving God. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Not one missing. Those who present to God a few moments of worship in church once a week, while ignoring God in the rest of their life at work and at home and at play, this writer says will suffer from religious schizophrenia. Those who try to straddle a fence by allotting God only token love while maintaining a vibrant friendship with the world are doomed to be, well, frustrated in this world and doomed in the world to come. You see, with God, it is all or nothing. Love can't be tithed like money. Few can honestly sing this old hymn, All to Jesus I Surrender. But God requires nothing less. You see, loving God is simple, but it's not easy. I'm to love God. We already discovered what love is, the definition. Here's the problem. There's many times in our lives... And pastors are taught to do this. I learned this many years ago, and I strive to do it. Sometimes I, I don't do it as well as I'd like to. Many times we're told, here's the commandment. Here's what it means. Have a nice day. No, what we need to know now is three little word. How do I love God? All right, you told me what I had to do. This is the first commandment. Four parts of me, all of me. And you told me what love means. How do I do that? We're going to learn this morning five ways we're going to do it. But let me tell you first, when we mention this word, how, how do I show my love to God? How do I show it? 
How do I love him with everything? Well, I have to show it some way. It just can't be words. Write this definition down. Love is an inner commitment to God. So notice the word commitment. Expressed, not by words, but by my conduct. But by my conduct. Now think about this. Since it's hard to maybe get this wrapped around in our mind, how do I show love to God? Let's talk about this. If you're married this morning, or maybe you're dating somebody or whatever, or have children, how, how, do, how do you show love to your children? How do you show love to your spouse? How do I, how do I show love to my wife? How do, how do I do it? Well, sometimes I bring my wife gifts. That's an extension of me. It shows me. One of the things we show God when we bring to him our worship, and when you're here and you guys are doing better, being here on time, we honor him because we bring in him our gifts of worship. We're telling him that we love him enough to be here on time and to worship him, not just to drag in what I want. Remember, love is selfless. I don't have time to get ready. I got to think of myself more than God. Nope, no, that's wrong. So my, life, my wife, I, I don't think of myself. I, I show her love by bringing her gifts. Sometimes I show her love by doing things for her. I do tell her with words and actions. How do I show love to my wife? I, I spend time with her. Well, let me give you today five ways that we show love to God. Number one, we show God we love him by obeying him. By obeying him. Turn in your Bibles here and in Vieira, if you will, to John fourteen fifteen. John 14, 15. What you're going to discover is Jesus is going to say this. If you love me, if you say you love me, then prove it. Prove it. Well, how do I prove it? He's going to give us the primary way to prove it. John 14, 15, you see these words. Jesus says, now if you love me, you will obey what I command. John 14, 15. You will obey what I command. I prove it by obeying what Jesus commands. What does Jesus command? Well, these are Jesus' commands. It's the Word of God. John 1 says He is the Word. So I can't turn to this and go, well, I'm kind of living with somebody and sleeping with them, and that's old stuff. I, I, I don't think that's against the Bible. Well, it is. That's sin. But I love God. No, you don't. You've just proved that you didn't. Well, the income tax, my quarterly things do, and I've I've kind of, you know, it's it's tough. Housing market is very difficult. So I I had to be very dishonest, and I lied on my report. I know they never catch me, but I love God. No, you don't. You don't love God at all. It'd be like me coming home, and my wife's away, and she comes home, and she says, well, who is this woman in the house? Well, I had an affair while you are gone. But I love you, honey. Really? I don't think so. Yeah. Desperate housewife says that's love. That's not love. That's simply lust without God. So see, every part of this we have to go for. You can't separate it out. I love you, Lord. And in the min- middle of that, you're planning to simply break a commandment. No, it doesn't work that way. You see... Can I keep this without his help? No. Here's what you need to understand. Love and obedience are perfectly linked together. I can't say I love you 
and then absolutely to God, don't obey his commandments. It doesn't ever work. Jesus might have rephrased this verse to the Orthodox Jews by saying this, if you love me, then prove it by obeying my commandments. Don't just repeat the Shema twice daily. Don't just rub the mezuzah as you leave your house. Don't just put the phylactery on your head every morning and say those words, but actually obey the word. See, it's not a ritual. It comes from my heart. Now, since love and obedience are perfectly linked together, if I'm going to obey the word, I have to know the word. That's why we're here in a Bible study. We're learning the Word of God. I can't obey the commands if I don't know the commands. That's why we're studying the Word of God. How often I hear a person say this, I'm a Christian, but I don't have to go to church. I I can stay home and be all that God wants me to be. You know what? I used to be pretty easy on that. I want to say this to you. I don't believe that for one minute. Now, there's places in the world where you can't do anything different than that. But God didn't design the church to be a bunch of individual people just off doing their deal. In fact, Ephesians 4 says that you are to be in church somewhere when you can, health-wise and all those other issues, because God gave us a gift in all of our churches of at least one pastor-teacher. We have many more than that here. To give you the Word of God so you can grow up, you can love God, you can please God, and you can be all that you can be. You can't do that by yourself. And our world is, is just crazy. Pastor Mark, the commandments are so hard. They're very difficult. God's word isn't encouraging. It's always against me. It's so negative. And when I try to approach God, he's always pointing everything wrong in my life. It's hard. Really? Where'd you learn that from? Well, it's one of those 613 I've been working on. Well, let me give you the solution to what you just said. Every statement you just made, that it's a burden to obey God, that the word is all negative and condemning, and that God is unapproachable, every statement you just made is 100% wrong from the Bible. Look at this verse, 1 John 5, 3. Notice what it says. You see it on the overhead. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. In fact, the Bible says the opposite. The way of the sinner is hard. The way of the sinner is hard. See, God gave us his commandments for a purpose, for a reason. They're not bad for us. They're good for us. When you and I understand that God says, don't go past here, that's safety. That's wisdom. It's not negative. He loves us. He's trying to protect us. Love is an inner commitment to God expressed by our conduct. Therefore, we can't love God with only part of us. Today, we learn from Pastor Mark that God commands us to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Lord did not hold back in His love for us, And that should inspire us to live a life devoted to loving Him and His people. Have you committed all of yourself to loving God today? Or are you holding back? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. If we want to love God, how can we possibly show Him our love? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners five ways to show God we love Him. The ways we are to show God we love Him are also great practical ways to love others in our life. Love and obedience are perfectly linked together. Our love for Him should motivate our obedience. As we love and obey the Lord, we become more like Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear